Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Are you now? I am. For an older guy. For an older guy. Not old. Older. Older. Older than me. Wiser than you and a little older. Yeah, definitely wiser than me. Wise cracker. Different type of wise. <laughs> Does wise cracking count as wiser? Yes. Are you ready to kick off this episode? I am. I'm ready to do it. Let's go. Let's go. So let's talk about something local that I have apparently been missing. Local or loco? Local, loco. No, just local. Local to the Fresno area, which is we are facing a possibility that here in Fresno, our sheriff's office will strike. Ooh, how come? I guess they have been underpaid since about 2010. They agreed to some concessions on pay because we were going through a recession and money was tight, taxes were tight, we were having some uh, budgetary issues, so everybody did their part and tightened their belts. Did they now? Did the leadership do their part too? Probably not as much. But some of the Fresno County Sheriff's members, employees, are now claiming that the city or the county hasn't made up for the the prior budget constraints and appropriately paid them what they are due. So they are threatening to strike. Well kind of toss up with that what is a fair wage are they underpaid currently are they overpaid or were they overpaid in the past or was their salary just right well i think it it comes to a lot of that is opinion some would look and say oh that's a good good wage and then others will turn around and say yeah that's uh nothing for our public safety officials to be paid so some of the claims, um, as far as like underpayment includes that and not enough of the health insurance was paid for and their base salary hasn't gone up um, to the pace that inflation has gone up. So they're saying that although the wage sometimes looks good, so we might look at it and say, hey, that's a good wage. With inflation, it hasn't kept up. So they're being paid less now than they were, you know, 10, 12 years ago. You know, it's interesting how these wages, salaries, benefits go up and down based on the times. And I often wonder if management, if they take concessions, and then when the economy turns around and they start giving money back, if they get theirs plus some, um, I don't know if everyone ends up making up for what they quote unquote lost. I know federally when I was employed by the Department of Homeland Security, the feds asked were asked by Obama to take a non increase for the years that things were tight. So under President Obama, even the union was saying, We need to do our part, we all need to buckle down, we all, you know, Wages are tight, economy's down, pay shouldn't go up, that whole type of thing, even with inflation or anything like that. So 
we took a pay freeze for several years and it was supposed to be take your pay freeze now please help do your part and then later on your pay will start going back up but instead president obama kept asking for an additional pay freeze or or um not non-increases or only slight increases that weren't onto the scale of inflation and cost index and all of that but the unions traditionally side with Democrats, so they were just all happy to say we should all do our part. And then it started to become, wait a minute, we've done our part and we're asked to continue reducing or, or not getting increases. So then people started to grumble. But again, because it was a Democrat request, it was okay. And then with under President Trump, there was talk about slowing increases or not increasing as much and people were all up in arms about not paying the feds what they were due it's like okay but you you were like you being the union touted how good it was to do our part under president obama and get zero increases and the fact that trump was trying to limit them not say none but limit them they were just up in arms. So sometimes it is hard to tell what's what <laughs> because you get two different responses depending on who's in. Right. You always get two different responses, yeah. multiple answers. Do you know what the current salary is of Fresno County Sheriff's? Uh, well, I'm going to say no because I don't know what each of them makes. I know there's levels and stuff like that, but I'm going to guess it's somewhere between five and $7,000 a month. Yeah. So salary.com, I don't know how accurate they are. The website says that they make between one hundred and six thousand six ninety to one hundred and nineteen thousand eight sixty, with the median being fifty percent of them are at one hundred and thirteen thousand with salary and benefits. Now I don't know if that's enough money to put your life on the line every day. Seems like cost benefit analysis. It's a pretty good wage here in Fresno because I know that the compensation at the company I work at is far less than that. Um, I think 113 is a fairly decent salary. The crazy thing about that is people build their salaries up over time and they build their lifestyles based on that. So then you have some intellectuals make some wrong decisions that cause economies to crash and then they have to adjust accordingly when they already have bills or debt. Right, they're supposed to adjust down, but do our... I've never seen the salary of a congressperson adjust down, have you? No, and does a lender adjust down for you? Would PG&E adjust down for you? Would the cost of your fuel be adjusted based on a bad economy or inflation or a current president that has things spiraling totally out of control? Oh, he's got it all under control. It's those evil, evil, ultra-maga people that are the problem. Oh, them bad people. House of Representatives, let's talk about monies. Do you know how many staffers they have on average? I don't know how many staffers they have. I do know that some have gone as unpaid internships in the past, and then they started working to get all staff paid, and then there was talk about making sure that they have a living wage. Therefore, the number of staff could be all over the place. Right, well, per their... I don't know if they go, if it's a constitutional thing, bylaw thing, how they set their numbers. They're allowed 18 staffers. Okay, so they're allowed a specific number. Yes. How they allocate their monies probably. Do you know where their salaries range? 
No, I don't. What are their salaries? From twenty thousand to sixty thousand a year, and that's I would imagine living in DC. DC. That's pretty doggone expensive. Yeah. Do you just live? Like you would have to live in your car. Well, it'd probably be like Hawaii and other places where there's four or five people living in one apartment. Yeah, that on uh, that sounds extraordinarily low. Well, I saw a news report that the House of Representatives was going to go ahead and vote to give all of their staffers, their employees, Peloton memberships. And I don't know if everybody knows what a Peloton is. It's a fancy term for bicycle. Okay, so it's a bicycle that you get the benefit, if you will, of cycling with other people around the country or around the world and a teacher leading the class, an instructor leading the class, and you can take like live classes or previously recorded classes. And there, I know people who absolutely love it, but it's funny, that feels like picking a winner because there's so many other bike manufacturers, not just Peloton. Peloton is very well known and they're very expensive. But that just sounds like picking a winner. Roger that they are. And I would bet if you dive into a number of congressmen or women. They have money and They have stock. stock probably in Peloton. I wouldn't doubt it. The president has a Peloton. I don't know if you remember this story. Yes. When he first uh, was elected and they were moving his Peloton, the Secret Service went in and dismantled the electronic portion. He couldn't take the classes anymore or give off his location or have a webcam or anything like that. Well, when I first saw this article, I wasn't going to read it because I thought it was fake news, honestly, at first. But then I realized it was a factual article. And there's a lot of staffers. And not only is it going to be for staffers, it's going to be for the um, Capitol Police. What's 18? You said 18 staffers or 16? 18 max each. Well, it works out to, they did the math for Over 5,000. Yeah, well, it's a $10,000 sign-up because there's a sign-up fee for everybody. Then their monthly payment's roughly going to be about 120000 a month for everybody because it's 30, what did I see, thirty four ninety nine or 39 per month. And then the app is twelve ninety nine a month. They're not going to buy the stationary bikes for them. They're just going to pay for the service, which making twenty thousand a month, or excuse me, twenty thousand a year. Are you going to pay for that service and own a Peloton, which costs you know four figures? No, just found it interesting. That's that, a waste that of our. That's another waste dollars. of taxpayer dollars. Yes, there's people hungry. There's people looking for formula for their kids, which I want to get into that in a little bit as well. Did a little research on the baby formula. That's very interesting. Wow. Um, I yeah. Okay, so as a sliding into the VA, but what the government does. So the VA wanted to make sure that homeless veterans could get services during the COVID lockdown. And the way that they were going to get services is they had to be able to make appointments that were online or by phone. And the VA started up uh, using a program where you could video or teleconference with your provider. So the appointments moved all online or on the phone. And my appointments moved this way too. I had several appointments for several months into COVID. I had them canceled because they were not considered a necessity and I couldn't go into the hospital. So basically, unless you needed to be hospitalized, you could not 
get in to see a doctor, which they there was a lot of unknowns, so that's just the track that they went. Anyway, so the VA decided to start buying cell phones and loading them with unlimited data and unlimited talk so homeless veterans could be given a phone and they can still receive services remotely. Sounds like a great idea. So they they paid for all these phones and they paid for the monthly unlimited plans and then they warehoused the phones because they weren't giving them out. Like they were getting more phones in than they actually needed to give out at the time. They weren't really assigning them. So we spent we being the federal government, a ton of money on warehoused cell phones. Like you couldn't buy the phone and then wait to activate it on a plan when it was needed. I I just don't understand why they bought all these phones, activated them all, and then warehoused them. Well, you know what they're doing with all those phones now? Giving them to people who are coming across the border illegally. They're loaning them to movie makers. They're calling them burner phones. Ha, 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 ha. Just I'm kidding. cutting this out, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, you. I love you too. So have you heard or read anything about the origination of all these corner little tents that you see with all these free cell phones for people? Like the Obama phones? Yes. Okay, so origination, no. Like I, I know that it- It actually started under it, Bush. Oh, really? Yes. And Ooh, the, and the point me. was people living rurally did not have access to phones in the event of an emergency, according to some expert. Neither did they have access to cell towers. So he started a program to help people in rural areas out. And it just blew up into the next president, the Obama era phones where they were just giving them out for free to anybody. Right. People could just start applying and getting them, whether they needed it or not. Yes. And some people would have multiple phones. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi, let's stay with money. Money. Money and fraudulent government things and things that are hidden, like dark money. Ooh, dark money. Let's talk about dark money. Yeah, so there's a company, excuse me, not a company, a nonprofit in California that hides money from wealthy people. And what they do is during midterm elections and such, they give it out anonymously. Well, okay. They, they haven't okay. filed their proper paperwork. Oh, they haven't, have here they? Here in California, so they've been asked not to receive donations. It's interesting that... Won't they just come up with another one and do it until they get caught course. again? Okay. But why would Schumer and Pelosi and others have to take dark donations? Weren't they the ones that said that the Republicans were taking all these dark money donations yet? Oh, wait. You tell what other... What is that called? Sorry. You say that other people are doing it, pointing the finger at them uh-huh. when you're doing it yourself. Exactly what they're doing. And our great congressman from the Central Valley, Devin Nunes is the one that coined that phrase, because if you want to see what they're doing, just look at what they're accusing you of. That's what it was. That's a better way of phrasing it. He's a, He was an outstanding congressman. How do you think he's doing for Truth Social as a He's CEO? doing good. They're trying to build it so when it does get released, um, there is no problems with it. It works as advertised. 
and a lot of these other major tech companies can't come in and undercut them because they're not using letting them use their servers or anything they're having to build their own from the ground up right so one thing i did not realize about true social was that it was still in a beta testing phase because i remember hearing about it president's day they did the um all call for anyone who wanted to sign up i was like okay i want to see what this is all about so i did sign up and then i got a number that says your number such and such in line like, oh, okay, I didn't realize it was a pre-thing. Like, it was pre-release. So, I just, every so often, I would check back on, and then one day, I, it said, go ahead and create your account. So, I created an account. I kind of poked around to see what it looked like, and then I didn't really do much with it. Then I was talking to other people one day, and they're like, yeah, I'm in line. I'm number blah, 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 and it was a six-figure number, and then somebody else... Later on, it's like, well, you're in the low numbers because I'm in an insert seven-figure number here. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that I had gotten in so early to it because I was, like, I was really low in the numbers. Apparently, I heard about it at just the right time. So I've actually been on it for a while, and I poke around every so often, but President Trump just started using it and has done a couple of they call it truce instead of tweets. Couple it's truthers. Truce. And so when you want to share someone's truth, you can re-truth it. It's a little different, but I, I'm just kind of waiting to see what it becomes. So why is it that Schumer and Pelosi feel they need to hide money and then they need to push midterms in their direction when isn't that the people's vote it's their choice right it should be their choice but then whatever lifestyle they've become accustomed to they can't have anymore i still think they should quit meddling in other cities and counties affairs agreed i definitely agree with that they got to be sly like foxes they're not lions they're not roaring they're sly and they're trying to they have other plans, other back dealings, because some of it, it's like, why would you want to do this thing and not the other thing? It doesn't make any sense. Well, eventually it comes out that they had an interest in it or some monetary, yeah, basically a monetary interest or their compatriots power. did. Yep, power, power money. Power and money. Power and well, money. You always hear that from these experts, talking yes. heads. Follow the money. So let's talk about power, like literal power. Like electrical power? Like electrical power. Like gigawatts? <laughs> yes, the gigawatt. So apparently in California, we're so smart that we have created hydroelectric stations. So we use water to, cre to create energy, convert it into electricity, and power the state of California. Yes. And the reason why we're so smart is because we take a state that is constantly in some form of a drought and then start depending on water for our electricity. We're like dumb going in circles. So California is expecting another energy shortfall because we are in a significant drought. Along with that, we are adding more energy electric vehicles and more um, 
we're pulling from our power resources, our electric resources. And we just keep adding more and adding more on what we need. And we're not creating any more power and energy. Pressure on our infrastructure is what you're saying. Yes, lots of pressure. And so what are they asking us little minions to do? They're asking us to conserve and quit using power because apparently we're just exhausted from the constant request of not using water, not using power, that we've decided we're going to start using more water and we're going to start using more power and just not care. You know how much water residential people use? A gallon a second. Less than 2% of the total number in California. The rest is commercial. Okay, so, but we're the ones that need to conserve and they shut off our houses. They threaten us with fines. They do all of that. So it's us. We're the problem. Follow the money. So, you know who Bill Clinton is? Never heard of the guy. And we're staying with power. Okay, so Bill Clinton in power. Former president. His interior secretary, his name was Bruce Babbitt. And he was big at actually removing dams. And bring in rivers back to their natural flow. He didn't believe in dams, storage, water storage, and he didn't believe in hydro. He felt that hydro was not a renewable energy. Therefore, it should go. Okay. But I would say for California, without dams, the droughts would kill a lot of people who could not leave. Or maybe we do need, maybe we need to get rid of all the dams, let everything free flow, and then everybody will just leave the state of California because there will not be enough water. Right, it'll turn back to desert like it's supposed to be. If that's where we're going, let's go all in. I agree. Then we all need to live in huts that, I don't know, dig a hole in the ground? What would you do? Like, how would you, well, no, because that would actually change the shape of the land. So how would you go about that? Like, wipe everybody off the face of the planet? Yes, you nailed it. Because if you listen to some people, some of these whacked out nuts, that's what they believe. That if man would go away, I guess man and woman, the human race, Mother Earth would be fine. I have bad news for you. Wow. We wouldn't know what happens because we wouldn't be here to see it. That's true. And then Earth goes in and destroys itself, and we would be none the wiser. The problem, as I see it as a simpleton, is we have people in charge don't know what they're doing. We have a lot of people in charge that don't know what they're doing. Well, look at everybody's favorite mayor, Pete Buttigieg. Well, yes, and look at our forests up here, which we're in the beginning of a fire season. Oh, goodness, yes. Already had a couple of fires, and you've had, I want to call them ladies and dudes, that actually have college degrees in forest management and they know how to actually manage the forest. Yeah. Telling our experts at the state level how to manage the forest and how to clean the undergrowth out, how to cut down. Do you mean like raking? Yes. Like what President Trump was vilified for saying, oh, what are you going to do, get out your little lawn rakes and help the forest when there's like actual raking machines? Yes, and there's trees when they're overpopulated with trees. They consume too much water. Therefore, then the forest dries up. 
That's why back in the days of the Indians, supposed really smart people here in the valley. Not in supposed, the actually really smart Well, that's what people. I meant. I, I was saying that, what would the proper term be? Sarcastically? Not sarcastically. I know they're very smart people, but they managed for us. You know how they did? When an actual lightning strike would hit, let it burn. Let it burn out. That's why they used to call the Central Valley. Valley yeah. of the Smoke. Ready? Valley of the Smoke. Valley of the Smoke. Yes. yes. But we don't want to do what the real, really smart individuals did. So you have the Native Americans here, the Indians here in California that would do that. Even uh, when Australia was seeing some of its worst droughts and they were having fires. Same with Aboriginals down there in Australia. And we learned the hard way that they knew what they were doing, but... After learning the hard way that they knew what they were doing, do we still do it the right way? No. Have we gone to the right way? No, no. we keep doing it the wrong way. Correct. Or as I like to say, roger that. Yeah, even Laguna, Laguna Niguel area, Laguna Beach area has a fire that's burned, I think, at least 20 structures. 21 homes yeah. now. So it's, it's bad and it's dry, but it's not abnormal. And we we build homes in the middle of forests, and then our leadership will not allow us to take care of those forests. And well, then if you do we, the same silly thing, like they say over and over and over, history will continue to repeat itself. Yeah. And it's also the definition of insanity. Yes. Such as something else that's insane, California becoming carbon neutral by 2045, we would have to c- cut our petroleum use by 91% here in California. In order to meet that goal. I believe I asked you that last night at dinner. Has any country around the world succeeded at doing that? Not that I know of. And if you, listener out there, do know of a country, please share. We would love to hear and research it and review it. That would be amazing. So if you know of a country that has cut their carbon footprint by 91% and has become carbon neutral, or even if it's by less of a percentage because they weren't using as much, that would be great too. So besides fuel for vehicles, I believe it's 2,500 to 3,500 products start out as petroleum products. Well, all of these plexiglass windows that California just loved on and installed everywhere are what? Petroleum-based. Yes, so... We talk about how we want to reduce our consumption and the instant something scares us, we go about consuming as much of it as possible. Yeah, so let's try to figure out how to change how we build those products first and then work our way down from there. Let's do things concurrently. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We just want to burn it all down as we go. However, you know, Mr. Simple Guy... There is a power plant in Nevada that has a bunch of solar panels pointing into the sky. And what's happening in that general area? They're killing off animals, birds. At a pretty high rate. That's why, guess what? They're shutting the plant down. So we actually drove past, my family did, that facility in April of this year. And so we drove past it and we saw the big reflective, it's like this light 
tower. I don't know what other way to explain it, but it's so bright you can't look into it. It will hurt your your eyes to look into it. And so we drove past that and traffic got really bad. So we ended up taking kind of a side road going out across and, and up a different freeway. And then there was another solar farm, which is acres and acres and acres of solar that wasn't um, reflecting light into a tower. It was just solar panels. And on that same trip, we ended up going to the Hoover Dam. And that is a hydroelectric dam. And we get, well, we don't get power from there. That's Nevada and Arizona. But it was just amazing. Everything that we're doing to try to get energy and we spend all of this money and what do we have to show for it other than one is a complete failure killing the environment well, and see, and that's my co- that's my concern is let's just pick an arbitrary number let's just say in california there's 1 million panels pointing skyward right now on people's roofs and on building structures so what happens if we eliminate 91% of the fossil fuels and we end up with 25, 30, 35, 40 million panels pointing skyward. What's that reflective value going to do to current weather conditions? Has anybody ever built a program to model it to see what the cause and effect is by reflecting the sun where? Back into the sky. Instead of it absorbing into the earth like it's supposed to, radiation, it's all science. I'm not a scientist, but... There's a reason that the sun hits the earth and then the earth absorbs the energy. It cools down in the evening. It releases. That is a cycle. And just like messing with bald eagles or certain fish or fossil fuels, we're going to make some type of change to the earth by doing this in dramatic fashion. No doubt. And it's being sold and touted as green energy and the best thing for us. But we don't, well, we don't know what we don't know. And we're about to get into a whole lot of hurt. We can't even dispose of the old blades from the windmills. Nope. So we just move on to the next thing, the next it thing that is going to save us. That's why we need who? Elon Musk. Elon Musk saves the world. Has put the purchase of Twitter on hold. Apparently, part of their purchase agreement said that less than 5% of the accounts were bots. Because part of the amount of money that Twitter is worth is based on how much advertising can happen on the platform and how many people are being advertised to, how much money can be made, that whole thing. So it is now claimed, potentially... That more than 5%, and some are claiming up to 30% of accounts on Twitter are bots. Bots. Therefore, it is not worth as much money. Not that he agreed to pay for it. So he agreed to pay over the current market value. But if 30% of them are bots, then he's paying well over what it would actually be worth. And I think that he's looking into the financials of that right now. Yeah, so wouldn't that be fake news from the board of directors and the owners of Twitter? That they faked how many accounts they had? Yes, how yeah. many accounts they have, how many bots there really are. So their valuation would have been garbage. Regardless of Elon Musk buying it or not, they were lying to their shareholders on the actual market value, which increased the 
cost per share. Right, and I think that's why their shares have held almost the entire time they've been in existence around nine bucks a share. I think I heard. No, it was in the forties yeah. because was he it? agreed to pay fifty four dollars okay. and twenty cents, and it was something well, maybe like it ten was, bucks. It's never made more than nine dollars. I think swing. it's nine dollars. He was paying nine dollars over what oh, the okay. shares were, or okay. something like that. But yeah, and additionally with that, apparently. The buy clause, the the oh, the contract to buy, what would that be? A purchase agreement? Yes. Has a one billion with a B billion dollar penalty if either side cancels the deal. Whichever side cancels has to pay a billion dollars to the other. So I don't know if there's an out. Not, he said that he's not looking to get out of it. I think it's just the valuation or something. But if he cancels the deal, apparently he has to pay a billion dollars. Well, that's why he wants to make sure it's really worth what he's going to pay for it. Well, not just him because he's only putting X He's down. putting some in. He yeah. owns the shares and, yes. and all of that. So it is going to be interesting to see how that ultimately ultimately turns out. And another thing that has happened with Elon and Twitter and all of that is our Department of Homeland Security disinformation czar had apparently come out and said that she wanted those blue check accounts, the verified accounts, to be able to edit tweets of those who are disinforming. The example that was given was if a person claims that there was voter fraud, somebody with a blue check can come in and edit and put a note on there that says why this is disinformation and what the the supposed truth is. But she went one step further to say she wanted to limit who blue checks could be to people who were approved, basically who were like-minded individuals, so they wanted to limit those blue checks to people like her. Of and course. then they can decide what was truth. Of course, comrade. Yes. And well, somehow that's not a bad thing. Well, let me hand you mind. out a bit of truth about the White House telling falsehoods on Twitter. Which so falsehoods? The falsehood about vaccinations for COVID. That they're great and there's no downside? No, that they were not available until Biden took office. However, oh yes. Unfortunately for Biden, there's a picture of him getting his second shot prior to being inaugurated for president. Right, and then he tried to claim that it was they had to ramp it up that there was very little available and they were the ones that got it available to the masses. So they didn't misspeak. He just, you know, he meant for other people, not himself. Oh, so it's all about them. Yeah, not but others. he all of the Biden administration comes back as his savior. Oh, he didn't mean it that way. He meant it this way. And then they go and they edit all of the speeches that he gives and they put in there what they actually wanted him to say, not what he said. So that's apparently not disinformation when somebody, the president speaks and you just change it to what they wanted him to say. Well, I hope people can weed through can wade through the crap and realize that he was speaking a mistruth because 8% of the senior citizen population took their shot on Inauguration Day. So he had not had a chance to ramp it up yet. Right, and when they claimed they would have a million 
I think it was like a million shots a week or whatever the what whatever he wanted it to be. They were already up there. President Trump had already gotten it up to a million shots a week, but then they claimed when they did their little backtrack with their disinformation, then they claimed that they got it up to a million shots a week and it came out no. Actually, it was already there. They're already in place. These people play on words. They know they get caught, and they still play on being caught. So it just doesn't uh, doesn't jive with me. Right. They're just not honest people. They're dishonest. Well, you know what they do when they get caught or they get called out by someone like, I'm going to go back to him, Elon Musk. They investigate Elon Musk instead of investigating our leadership who are doing the very things that they want Elon Musk investigated for. Roger that. So the feds are now doing another investigation into Elon Musk. Stock insider trading Congress. They don't do that. Oh, no, never. Never. So let's, let's do a medical fact here from Australia. You know what SIDS is? Yes, sudden infant death syndrome. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody would figure out what little kid is potentially susceptible to SIDS? It is, it would be, and she did. Yes, she did, and her name is? I don't recall her name, but I I did read the story that, so she lost her child to SIDS, and then she basically made it her life's mission to to stop it from happening in the future is what she wanted I to I think do. her name is doctor part of her name. She's a doctor. Dr. Carmel Hornsby. She believes that they have found the biomarker to identify kids that are potential victims to SIDS. It's very unfortunate that 37% of infant deaths in the USA based on a 2019 study were from SIDS. She works for Children's Hospital in Westmead, Australia, and she's excited as heck because she thinks she has found the biomarker. Right, and so then if your baby tests for this biomarker, you can know to watch them more closely. I think that's an awesome find. That's more important than bickering back and forth in D.C. and other state levels. Somebody that actually went on a mission... Yes, and it's taken her quite some time, and she never gave up, which is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely correct. Roger that. Yes. So let's talk about the pro-life, pro-abortion, I don't want to call it a fight. What would you call it? Um, it's something that's very divisive in the United States of America. Absolutely. So there has been a lot of news um out there because a first draft of Justice Alito was wrongfully released by a news organization and that just seemed to rile up everybody on the right and the left and it seemed to be to me a ploy by those on the left to reinvigorate their base and to hope that people would go and vote blue no matter who, because that's what I'm seeing out there, because those evil red people are are just going to upend all of your rights. And it doesn't stop with whether or not a woman can have an abortion. 
they've said that it's going to stop interracial marriage, that it's going to stop LBGT identifying people from being able to go to school or work. So they just turned it into this major claim that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then people are just not going to be able to exist in society anymore. I call baloney. I do too. I think that they're trying to grasp at any argument they can to turn around what appears to possibly be a red wave hitting in these coming months and then in November because we're, we're going Yes, they were afraid of a shellacking this November. So this is supposed to reinvigorate the the base. And, and so one thing that has been noted is that there are a lot of protests. There have been protests outside of the justice's home. There have been protests at churches and just all over. And there have been assaults as well. People, there have been pastors that have been assaulted. And um, a it wasn't technically considered a pro-life, but it was a... What are the non-abortion center like a family planning center? Family planning clinic was firebombed, among many other things happening, and so Jen Psaki, along with President O'Biden, uh, it really is O'Biden, along Good with uh, Jen Psaki, along with Biden, are saying that it's peaceful protesting and there is nothing wrong with it, even though somehow assaults on people who identify as being on the right are peaceful are peaceful and they have been for years well since i've learned that after a draft is bounced back and forth between the justices it goes in what's called a burn bag so the clerk or the janitor that removed that document from the burn bag needs to be punished Needs to be, if they're an attorney, disbarred like talking heads have been talking about. And if one justice is injured, one of their other staffers is injured, or a police officer or a security guard, then the person that released that needs to be held to account with some type of felony. So what's interesting is we have, so the Secret Service protects the president and other members of the staff, if needed, and then we have the Department of Justice. So you have the, the justices who are afforded some protection, but generally it's at work and if there's a, th- a direct threat on their life. But with all that has been going on, the protests outside their house, safety has been a big concern. So I guess our Senate has passed a bill to give them more protection But the House Democrats, not all of them, but some of them are holding it up because they said that it doesn't go far enough, that it needs to protect every single staffer for the Supreme Court. So the bill right now that would help to protect the justices is being held up by Democrats in the House of Representatives because they say it doesn't go far enough. Things always seem to get held up in Congress, don't they? They do. Sometimes people get hurt and it takes too long. So, I mean... Pass this bill and then work on your, and then introduce the second bill to. Yeah, an amendment or a supplemental bill. A supplemental bill, a second bill. Like you can't, can't you do good now and good later? Uh, (laughs) I'm speechless for the first time in a long time. Yeah. 
because we seem to see this over and over and over and over and over. One thing we're seeing over and over and over here in America, too, is crime. Out of control. And murders. And young youth. So bad that a couple of Iowa teens are being charged as an adult, as adults, for killing one of their teachers. Beat her to death with a bat. Wow. And I didn't realize, because uh, I read the article today, the judge is going to charge them as adults because the one kid is 16. And if they charge him in juvenile court, he cannot be held any longer than six months after his 19th birthday. So not long enough. Not long enough to rehabilitate him for such a heinous crime. Yeah. Well, there, so the L.A. District Attorney, Gascon, is that Gascon? Yes, Gascon. Gascon. So apparently he's not charging Mike Tyson with the punch aboard the airplane that seemed to be induced by his victim. I know he has, it's gone back and forth on whether or not Mike Tyson as a trained fighter should be held responsible for somebody. His hands are deadly weapons. Right. Who was touching him, pushing on him. They said that he should have just gotten the flight attendant, but a much smaller flight attendant, arguably. I I don't know. It just seemed a little weird on their arguments. But apparently, the district attorney has decided not to charge Mike Tyson, and I guess his victim didn't want to press charges either. He was embarrassed enough because he got his butt kicked. By Mike Tyson. And it was videoed. Yeah. I mean, at least he can wear that proudly now that, yeah, I went one quarter of one minute with one of the greatest fighters of all times. Watch my face beat up your hand. That's right. Watch your face just beat the crud out of my hand. So another thing, though, that that this district attorney has done, which was to charge a child rapist and molester as a minor instead of an adult because the, during the incident, they were a minor, but it was just before their 18th birthday. And this is an individual who identifies now as a female And it had been years later, so it was a 26-year-old individual, but at the time that they committed the crime, they were 17. So the DA for L.A. had decided that they did not want to charge any juveniles as adults, no matter what. They were just going to nope out of that, and there would be no more charging juveniles as adults. So this individual was charged as a minor, pretty much got off with a very light sentence, didn't have to register as a sex offender after raping a 10-year-old, I think, 10-year-old in the bathroom. So the individual was just about to get released because their time was up. They didn't have to serve very much time because of the charges and the age and all of that. Turns out, that this individual is now being charged with murder stemming from a 2019 case that they were just linked up to, and I guess they now have enough evidence on. So uh, they'll just be transferred from one facility to the other to face charges. So do they count the time that he was in for the other crime as time served? No. Or does it start over? No, it would start over. They would have to be convicted, and then it would start over. Because it's a a completely separate crime. It had nothing to do with the first crime. 
So know. really good yeah. individuals. So yeah. glad that we they got a light sentence and they were never charged as an adult. <laughs> so they need to change maybe the juvenile laws, make them a little stiffer? Well, I do wonder about that because I also believe that kids are stupid. They are very stupid. Sorry, any children out there. But when I was a kid, I made very dumb <laughs> decisions. Yeah, but rape and murders. No, and I'm not. I know. I, I know you're not making so light of that. I don't want it to be seen as just like, well, they should t- bear more responsibility simply because a particular DA has decided to take a hard line on crime. So you commit petty theft and now you're being tried as an adult or you, and good point. You get the extreme, you get the other end of the spectrum. I don't want it to be extreme, but there are certain cases where you're like, yeah, this is exactly the case of a person who should not get a light sentence and then be, you know, be done with that saying came from the punishment must fit the crime. Maybe. Yeah. And I think it, it really is important to make sure that the punishment does fit the crime. So, so. What, what's a metaphor? Give me the definition of a metaphor. You give me the definition of a metaphor. Okay. So, metaphorically speaking, if this is correct, what somebody said about Jen Psaki today should be a crime. Oh, really? Yeah. PolitiFact has said that Jen Psaki was one of the best press secretaries ever in a glowing tribute. I'm going to have to circle back to that. Okay. She has restored honor, dignity, and respect after four years of Trump press secretary. Blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. And uh, this is... What is up with these little puffer pieces? This is my own thought. It's not that she was the best... Nor is it that the Trumpsters were the worst. It's the fact that them ladies under the Trump administration had to single-handedly hold back corrupt news people that were in the newsrooms asking the most disrespectful, unprofessional, uncalled-for questions, I believe, in the history of this country. Well, and then when they are on the side of whoever's up there, they ask all of these nice little easy peasy questions or they just give compliments, which is not their job. No. Their job is to ask the hard questions, not the rude and disrespectful questions. The hard questions. Yes. Our job as newscasters, if I was a newscaster would be to ask the hardest of hardball questions at all times. Because, contrary to what people think, the President of the United States and his group have so much power over not just the 300 million people plus in America. People around the world look up to this country, at least they used to, Right. I, I don't know that they do anymore because we have the uh, sundowner-in-chief. I do believe that we are probably the laughing stock of the world right now. It's so funny. They said that under Trump, don't get me wrong, Trump said some pretty reprehensible things at during certain times. He said mean things at other times. But the reality is... That having a person 
who can't face the press, who can't answer a question, who constantly has to have his transcripts changed, who has to apparently eat ice cream and and run from the media and sundowns and, and just falls apart. You cannot tell me that somehow that is better. It is not better. And it's unfortunate that his wife, who stands right next to him, knows that he's in a massive decline. She's supposed to be a doctor, right? Well, she's a doctor of education. Oh, PhD is different she's from a, MD. Okay, she's yes. a, I know, I'm being sarcastic. She's a PhD. Yes. But she's taken enough classes and she's been around enough people and she has enough knowledge. She's been married to her husband for a long time. She knows a human, somebody, a human in decline and the yeah. human condition. When somebody's in cognitive decline. You know when your loved one is yes. in cognitive decline. And they're using him because they want the ultimate power in that office. Yeah, they got a puppet. They can do whatever they want, and the puppet will sign whatever they want him to sign. And and I'll say it again, and I've said it like maybe 10 or so podcasts back. The rest of the government there in D.C. needs to be absolutely ashamed of themselves for allowing this poor guy to make a mockery of himself and of the United States of America. Just saying. Yes. But they'll just say they didn't know, just like them holding up um, our senator here in California, Diane Feinstein. Okay. Diane yeah, Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. She's the she's the yeah. older one. Just yes. holding up Diane Statesperson. Yep, holding up Diane Feinstein. She's like 87, 88 years old, whatever she is, and she's in decline, and everybody knows it. It's an open secret. They they do it because it's power. As long as they keep doing what they're supposed to do. And they can be prodded into signing something or voting yes or whatever. They get to stay in power. Yes, and it's the ultimate power. And unfortunately, you know, we're supposed to be run by the people. However, it's really not that way. And I don't think if you do research, it's ever been that way. We have very limited powers as citizens. They're taxing us to death. They're stealing our money. Um <laughs> Yeah, they're doing all of these little nice side programs that get themselves richer. And I dove into every president since 1928. And when we get to that point, I'll read some numbers for you that are quite interesting. Sounds good. So uh, something to keep in mind with our, our nice FBI. They've been in the news a lot lately. But FBI, the FBI is attempting to fire agents who had attended Trump's January 6th rally. So these are agents that were there for Trump's rally and then left. They did not go to the Capitol. They did not go to the steps. They did not go anywhere near it. Their cell phone GPS apparently was looked at. Pictures were looked at. All of this stuff on where they were at. But... Apparently, the FBI is attempting to fire anyone who attended a Trump rally on their own time. What say you? What say me is, how about Peter Stroke? What about him? And all the folks that were around that little fusion GPS and the Russian collusion and stuff. See, they get fired? Free pass. They get reassigned. Reassigned, fired, rehired. They still get their pensions. All that We... We have a balance issue here. If you look the scale, look at the scales of justice. You know, aren't they supposed to be even? Even across both sides, we have one side here that's pulling the the wool over people's eyes, and you know, hopefully, our side will put a stop to it. 
Yeah, but then you look at some of the people on our side, and, and they are our side and name only, little rhinosaurus. Thank you, and I was just going to say that was probably a misstatement because I don't really know anymore what our side is. No, our side is the side of the American people, and yes. we're the ones who are getting screwed Yes, literally right and left. So some, a little, some are a little better than others, but it seems like corruption breeds corruption back there, and... We get a case where Biden will start vilifying Republicans for not doing exactly what Democrats want to do, comes out with his ultra MAGA people, starts insulting, and then wondering why people don't just get along. He even made a statement that back in the day of real segregationists, they would have their tussles and their fights, but they could still have lunch together. Like, wait, what? Uh-huh. You you had lunch with real segregationists, and it was a proud moment for him. Somehow, the right now are, are just terrible people, but the segregationists that he got to sit down to lunch with, man, they were so much better. They were better segregationists. Check your than man. Now. Check him. Check your man because he is a racist. So, what's quid pro quo? That is doing something for something in return. Yeah, you know who, I don't know the exact person that coined that phrase. Quid pro Joe? Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Quid pro Joe, I like that. So I was just thinking about all the sexual harassment classes I've taken over the years. You mean they teach you guys how to sexually harass people? How we're not supposed to? Oh, okay, that's better. And that you can't ask for this for that? Quid pro quo? Okay. So uh, it's a government thing. And it's right, in, you it's can't say I'll give you a lucrative contract if you give me a little side yes, money. Yes, but okay. it's interesting that the inventors of these phrases, the ones that set the policies and laws, are the very ones that do this on a daily basis. They just don't get caught, and so they want to call out the people who are a little too... Even when they do like get them. caught, they change the phraseology or they create another rule or law to That's, exempt them yes. from the quid pro quo. Yes, Or quid pro Joe. Quid pro Joe. Yes. So voting season is upon us. And make sure that you are registered to vote. And we will be hearing about who to vote for between now and November. It doesn't stop. It is... uh, Relentless and 45,000 times a day. Yes. And so just so you're you're aware that uh, all of those who are trying to stop people on the right from running for office... Because they supported President Trump at some point or or are still vocal supporters. You had people filing lawsuits saying that they supported an insurrection. So far, every one of those lawsuits has been struck down. And so the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who they've attempted to stop from running have not gone past uh, the judges. So I wonder if they're using the money from Pelosi's anonymous donors through dark sources to try to push these lawsuits and such or is that george soros probably all of the above i mean all of these george soros funded individuals are allowing crime to run amok i mean does he have he's got to have some investment somewhere that are making money by doing this there's something he's broken whole countries by selling their monetary short their money short so that that's likely what he's doing he's found a way and this is it's gonna he's playing the long game Essentially, he's playing yes, the long he's game. Yes, he's using the old Chinese philosopher and philosophy, Sun Tzu and the Art of War. It's a very yeah. short book, but it's a very good book. Patience. Yeah, you got to have it. You must have patience. 
See, that's the way the Chinese feel. They have thousands of years. Take your time. Yeah, they've been around for quite a long time. Yes, they have. So, I know I'm into these little short one zingers here. So, Bette yeah. Midler, <laughs> I guess she kind of shot her mouth off or her fingers on Twitter. Yes, she told moms that can't get baby formula that they should just breastfeed. Yeah, a lot easier said than done from what I understand. There's a variety of yeah. reasons for why people don't breastfeed, and sometimes one is you just can't produce. I was just going to go there because I just read a short little article on a mother that told Bet, shame on you, I had twins, and I could not produce enough milk to feed both the twins, so I had to supplement. So you have adoptive mothers, you have foster mothers, you have single parents. You could have a mother who had to have surgery right away, you know, something go on. And so then there's just, you have to switch to formula. There is no breastfeeding. And that's along with just women who can't produce in general. And I've known women who tried, like tried very, very diligently, went to lactating classes, just ate all the foods that say are rich sources to help you produce and took medication, did everything they could possibly do and they could not produce. So yes, shame on her. For just saying, oh, we'll just do this. So why did she reference that? Because of a shortage of? The shortage of baby formula that we Correct. are seeing in this country. So no pun intended, but let's dive into the bottle of breast milk. Okay. Or formula. the supplement formula. Okay. Do you know why there's a shortage? So from what I've heard, that there was a contamination in one of the laboratories uh, where they produced some of the formula not all the formula but it's quite a bit as a percentage of the formula market so they had to go and completely clean the facility from top to bottom and then they are waiting on the government officials to come and give them the all clean all clear and they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and that's partially what i saw and read as well so there's three companies that own 100 percent, only three and the major one that owns 40 to 50%, that very thing happened. However, it was during COVID. So okay. They were supposed to, the FDA or whoever inspects them was supposed to come back and give them their final sign off, even though the company has a great history of producing good quality supplements and they've been fine. Well, because of COVID, they kept delaying and kept delaying, and now they're six months behind on their inspections. Hence the shortage. So it's a government created basically created issue, and they're the ones that say they can fix it. Can fix it. Yeah. Thank you, government. Thank you for creating the problem and then coming in to save. And the guess day. where a lot of the stuff was going? The southern border. To the southern border. Yes. And not, I don't not that them babies don't need it as well. I was gonna say I don't begrudge feeding the babies that are coming across yes. the border, the need that that is going to be there. But we are, as has been noted many times, putting America last. We are, yes, we have a history of this, of not taking care of our own people. I'm all for helping the Ukrainian people, okay? But we don't have an endless supply of money. Right. So we've offered up another what? How many million? Billion? $40 billion. $40 billion to go along with the previous... 
I don't remember how yeah. much. It was. Because it's several packages, so yes. I don't remember the total amount. First but. one was like $10 billion, and it was 20 some billion, and then a bunch more military equipment. And, mm-hmm. and that's fine. However, you have to take care of number one first. Right. So we're sending to the border supplies, but we're not sending to the border the aid that we need. We're not taking care of our own border, but then we'll go ahead and send money to Ukraine to take care of their border. And... Yeah, we are America last. And that was directly verbiage from our congressmen and senators that Ukraine needs secure borders. But we don't. But we don't. Is that the most ridiculous statement that's ever been spewed out of somebody's mouth ever? Yeah, we're not taking care of our own. So we could basically implode. How are we going to help anybody else if we're going to... Run ourselves out right. of existence. And, and since we've started tracking drug overdoses, we passed a milestone here last week. It, it's 100,000 on average per year. It's between 60 and 100,000 a year. This is just since 1999. 841,000 people have died of overdoses. And the number is just going up and because then, we just yes. keep allowing more drugs in. Fentanyl's cheaper and easier. Thank you, China. Thank you, China. Yeah, so we're hitting 100,000 annually now. Thank you, China. Very much appreciate it. You guys produce some good knockoff products, and you're really doing good at these because they're knocking off Americans. Yeah, synthetic, this nice synthetic uh, fentanyl. So the, my point being, why would you not want your border secure? Just just for that very reason alone. Voters, because they don't care as long as they get voters. Well, we need lawn service people. Well, they won't need lawn service people in California because there's no water, so there's going to be no lawns to mow. Right, and you know what's funny is they act like Americans don't do that. I've known many Americans who do that job, although they'll they'll be run out of the job because they won't have money, but they come up with these jobs that they're supposedly going to do that Americans won't or don't do, which is just not truthful. People do them. They're being run out and undercut by people who can take wages under the table, not have to report taxes, all of that stuff. And there's different ways they pay taxes, which we've discussed previously on the show, but they are doing a disservice to the American people. Yeah. And so when I first started out in the current job I'm in, airline industry, guess what I did to supplement our income? Mow lawns? My coworker and I mowed lawns on the weekends for clients. Yes. So... Definitely have to uh, take a, a bite out of reality. I got a good one for you. Well, you have a good one for me. I do. Tell me. So I always ask you the question first. Do you know what the WNBA is? The women's version of the NBA. Yes. Yep. And I guess when the WNBA is not in season, a lot of our players go abroad and play. That sounds about right. Yeah, and I do believe prior to the Ukrainian war, we had a young lady over there by the name of Brittany Griner. She is, I guess, a, I don't watch the WNBA, but I guess she's a really, really good basketball player. Well, she was getting ready to fly home, and she got caught at a Moscow airport. Yeah, she went through Russia. Yes. With drugs. Yes. Now there's Well, a, it wasn't, they were, the, the word on the street is, it was a vaping little, I don't know much about the vaping. It was supposed to be yeah. weed-based or hemp-based. Yes, based. It, it was hemp or THC-based yes. vaping. So she got arrested. And she was supposed to go to trial. Yes. So they delayed the trial again another 30 days. Yes. She could face up to 10 years in prison 
in a hardcore prison in Russia? Well, apparently now we've decided that we're going to strike a deal. Now, who do you think they're going to exchange for her? Another basketball player from Russia that's being held here? Do we have a basketball player from Russia that's being held here? We do not. Do but, we have someone who maybe participated in some espionage here? We had an arms dealer. Oh, arms dealer. Okay. Yes. And his name is Victor Bout. Victor Bout. Yes. He was sentenced to 25 years for conspiracy to kill Americans relating to the support of a Colombian terrorist organization. He was dubbed, you know what he was dubbed? Killer-in-chief. The Merchant of Death. Oh, oh, the Merchant of Death. Yeah, he used to run an aging fleet of Soviet cargo planes to conflict-ridden hotspots in Africa. He was so famous that it inspired the Nicolas Cage movie. Lord of War. Lord of War. Oh, really? So, you know what? My heart goes out to Brittany Griner and her family. Because I would bet you, here's a weird phrase, dollars to donuts, that there was not THC lay stuff in her. And that is something that others who have had family members arrested in Russia have claimed yes. that they just plant evidence, or there's no evidence. They just arrest them and charge them, and there's no evidence. They wanted to hold her as a bargaining chip. Right, someone powerful enough, yes. but so low on the totem pole as to not be make a, a true international incident. I, I would not exchange her for this guy. Not equal. No offense no, to her. I agree no. with that. And you want her, her home. I want her home. I Absolutely, want her home with but her that is not a good trade. For what I understand, she's married to a young lady, and it, you know it's a nice young family in that, but I would not trade her, unfortunately. Well, look at what uh, President Obama did with yes. Bo Bergdahl and traded for what five, four or five terrorists. Yes. So it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past the administration for allowing out the Lord of War. Yeah, and one of them, going back to Obama, was killed on the battlefield, killing Americans again after he was released. What a good guy. Yes. What a good guy. We make some good decisions. We do. Yeah, we, we make good decisions on who to release and who to give our money to. Really? So, who yeah, are we giving we our money to? BLM. And we've talked about this before, that they're losing some of their uh, ability to collect money from different sources. But something that has gone on with BLM is the leader of BLM has admitted that she hosted private parties at the BLM mansions, uh, one of the mansions here in California, that she hosted private parties that had nothing to do with BLM. Well, she's learned from our congressmen, senators, and our high-tech people. That that's how you do yeah, it. That's how you do things. Is she in the wrong, or yeah. is she just following somebody else's lead? She's just following somebody else's lead, really. I mean, you get a bunch of money, and then you party. So, so then I you mean, that's can't you harbor animus against her. No, but that that's who uh, that's where the money was going. And I heard uh, some young black man say on television the other day that she's done nothing to help the black community. Correct. She hasn't, and a few of the others haven't either. They collected lots of money, money. bought mansions. So and it's all have, about the bait and switch. Yep. So 
Yeah, they're definitely not helping those that they claim to help, which was to help black lives. Because only certain black lives matter, not all black lives matter. No, they do not. So, you ready to get into some presidential history, politics, and some math? We can. The GDP, do you know what that means? The gross domestic product? Yes, that is based on how our country's basically doing at any captured time in history. Okay. Okay, so who was president in 1929? Herbert? Hoover. Hoover. Was it really? Yes. Herbert Hoover, 1929 to 1933. Okay. Right during the time of... The stock market crash. The Great Depression and the stock market crash. So he was known as potentially the worst president of all presidents. Was he? Yes. Based on the fact that his GDP was negative 9.3. And that's because, you're right, the Great Depression... Began yeah. in 1929. The stock market crashed in October of 1930. However, he had a lackadaisical response to it. So it just festered and got worse. Uh, unemployment rate made it up as high as 25%. But then he signed a tariff bill that drove us into a recession. So not only a depression... But, but followed by a recession. Followed by a recession. So FDR took over in 1933, and he pulled us out of the Depression. How did he do that? War. Printing money. He, he launched the New Deal, created all oh, kinds of... Oh, the Green of new, new Deal, creating new jobs. All kinds of new jobs and departments and Oh, such. not the Green New Deal, sorry. The New yeah. Deal, creating yeah. new jobs. Yes. So from there, it propelled us into World War II, and his GDP went up to 18.9% positive. So then right after World War II, Harry Truman took over, and then he led us through two recessions. And then he tinkered around with our economy and took a lot of money away from the American citizens. And he tried to fix it, so he couldn't fix it. So what did they do next? Started the Korean War. So there's a pattern here. War. It's, It's the war machine. So he put in $30 billion in spending to help boost economic growth during a war. So people are dying, American citizens are losing their money, and we're in a war. So Dwight Eisenhower comes in. He's here from 53 to 61. He ended the Korean War, which led to a recession in 1954. So he signed a bill to spend a bunch of money that we didn't have. It was called the Highway Fund, or the Highway Act in 1956. Put $119 billion into it. And he also invented NASA or created NASA. But they spent so much money with that, we entered into another recession. So his GDP went from 7.1 to aught or 0.7 in three years. And I know this is kind of mundane and I'm just kind of going over some weird numbers, but then JFK ended the 1960 recession by more government spending. He started the food stamp program, improved Social Security benefits. And the list goes on and on. Lyndon Johnson tinkered around with the economy. Where did we go? Right in the toilet. Richard Nixon comes in, does the same thing, imposes wage controls and price controls, puts us into a recession. 
Gerald Ford, same thing. Jimmy Carter, same thing. Ronald Reagan, his growth was 7.2%. George H.W. Bush's was 3.7%. Bill Clinton's was 4.8%. The Bush the Younger, 3.8%. Barack Obama, terrible presidency. 2.7 GDP. Oh, that's not as bad as going negative. No. Donald Trump's was 2.9 starting out, but then, hey, he's up for re-election. What hits? COVID. His goes down into the negative. Now we have a president in charge that we don't know yet what his GDP is going to be, but they're saying, they being the experts, he's potentially one of the best presidents ever to get us out of everything. uh, Yes. But he's doing the same things that got us into bad places, but somehow this time it's going to be the good place that it gets us to. Yes. Yet the printing, the wars, all of that. So we've been in debt throughout our history, and our government experts have tinkered since right after 1776. So in 1929, our national debt was $17 billion. That was 16% of our GDP. 20 22 right now over 30 trillion dollars 29 trillion 617 billion yada 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 it's a hundred and twenty four percent of our gross domestic product we're going downhill and we're going fast we're going downhill very fast a lot of people are starting to say we look like more like china than we do our own country and if we don't fix it It's unfixable. That's terrible. Yes. That's absolutely terrible. I know I was just rambling off numbers, but, you know, the the point being, I was really frustrated the other day because these experts keep playing around with our numbers here and messing with the economy and raising taxes and lowering taxes. And who suffers? Just us. They don't. Just us. They don't. They don't suffer. If you look at the unemployment rate in Maryland, which is where most of the people that work in D.C. live, their unemployment rate never goes over about 3%. Because they never lose their jobs. They never have to cut back. Correct. And it's nuts. You know, and that, that segues me into the website Military Times. And here we go. We talk about... Issues at military bases with water, with fuel and water, with food, with you know general things on base, housing that are just defunct. And here we have another base, an army base, where their base housing is run by a private contractor and they have mold issues. So this private contractor, I do know who you're talking about. They run, um, they have contracts for bases in, I think, 26 states. Yes. And they've actually already pled guilty to Congress for committing fraud against the federal government because they lied about how well they were able to address everybody's issues. Oh, there's mold, we'll address it. Oh, there's a rodent problem, we'll address it. They got caught lying about meeting certain statistics uh, on how quickly they're able to address problems so that way they got their bonuses year over year for meeting their metrics. They just had to lie about it. And so they they said, oh, we're sorry, we'll pay a penalty and we'll do better. And it turns out they're not doing any better. They're still running subpar housing. And I was actually thinking about this because I did read the story on on the the housing situation. 
Um, I believe it was out of Georgia. This one was out of Georgia. Yes. So that um, people are still running into either bad quality water, they're running into mold or asbestos, et cetera, et cetera, and it's going unaddressed. Okay, we have private companies because they were supposed to be better than the government running it themselves because the government actually did not do a good job for military housing either. Now we're in this situation where we have another housing facility run by the people who keep lying and families that are being hurt by these decisions. Yes, and you know what? I'll bet you if you go back what I said 10 minutes ago, this is another quid pro quo. We probably have a friend of a friend who knows somebody who in owns Congress these who contracts. owns these contracts and they're still getting away with it because they may have been fined, say, $60 million, but they've made $300 million, so they're still in a net profit. So they profit. don't care. Yeah. And then, so to recap on some of what we've talked about before, the military families in Hawaii with the water contamination, that's against the Navy. They're filing a lawsuit because of all of the health issues. The, the Navy said that the water contamination happened in November. That's when you saw all of the negative medical outcomes. It turns out that the first fuel leak, the first accidental fuel leak of this cycle was May 6th of 2021. Wow. So six months before the second leak. So they had been contaminating the water and not telling the military families. And that I know technically the, the government owns the water supply that's not the housing um company that owns the water supply but you would think that with all of the complaints about the water issues the housing company would have been you know shutting down their housing or saying they didn't want to lose the money but they didn't let everybody know hey the water's contaminated get off the military's just not telling you get out yeah, of the house to use trump's line you're fired yeah they needed to fire people so go ahead go ahead no you go ahead oh just with the way that they they don't tell about the contamination they don't care what are you going to do about it oh that's just taxpayer dollars it's not like they're out money well you're just a military guy and a military family member you're just a serial number social security number when you're gone we move on to the next person yep you know things that make you go hmm another article in military times which Kind of, I thought was funny, sad, but blew my mind. So did you know that a Navy ship sank? It's hush, hush after secret boat sinks. Wait, which one is that? Do it, we have a name? It did not say oh, the didn't name. didn't say the name. No, it's secret. Uh, okay. It sank under unclear secret circumstances. It was testing secret technology. And the Navy declined to give details on the secret ship, even though it did two and a half million dollars worth of damage to said ship. Yeah, we don't get to know how our money is uh, being spent. Well, if it was at an undisclosed secret location, it's a secret ship. They're studying secret technology. How do we know about it? How did somebody find out about the secret ship? (laughs) It's the government keeping secrets for you. Just wondering. Yeah, so in military, in related, well, unrelated, but in military news, we also have the VA spending billions of dollars for a computer system that has crashed dozens of times. 
Uh, it's being tested out in Washington right now, and it keeps crashing. But what will we do? We'll keep spending billions more dollars. I wonder if it's the same company and the same type software that they rolled out when they did Obamacare on the day they tried to fire it up, and it wouldn't work. For whatever reason, the government seems to get the worst contractors to do the job because it's Obamacare. When I used to work for USCIS, they had a contract with a company that kept delaying. Okay, we're going to roll it out, you know, this month, this year. And then it was, oh, we're not ready yet. Delay. Oh, we need more money. Delay. Oh, we're not ready. And finally, we had a director that just said, no, you're going live. We don't care. Go live. I don't care how many problems there are. We've paid you billions go live and so they finally go live it had a ton of issues and then they just you know incrementally kept fixing and kept fixing and there were a lot of problems but that's what the government spends their money on systems that are trash because people know they don't have to deliver with a government contract it's quid pro quo that's my new word of the day quid pro quo so how are you on bonuses for employees i mean they're good when they're good for everybody I'd say if they're all performing or meeting expectations, yes. So licensed versus non-licensed at the same company should both share in bonuses? Retention bonuses? I think so. I think people undervalue a lot of different staff members. Yeah, I'm getting to see that live, unfortunately. As we are bent on holding one classification at work over the other, even though we're having an issue with retention, in all departments? Yeah, some people look at some, like uh, your clerical staff, let's say, they're like, oh, they're just help staff. They don't care. Just They don't, they don't value their employees. Right, which is basically what I'm looking at. We're looking at people that have minor licensing, getting a retention bonus, mechanics, license, getting larger retention bonuses, office managers, uh, ground equipment mechanics, parts clerks, other people that don't have 100% or partial touch time on aircraft getting zero. Yeah, not Uh, surprised. Yeah, not surprised. I just think it's a little unfair, if unfair is a term in this day and age. Yes, it it definitely is unfair. And I, I wanted to touch on something that we did talk about over a few weeks ago, which was UFO sightings. Did you know that... The, we have not had congressional hearings on UFOs in over 50 years, and we're about to have one. Who's heading up the UFO side of it? I, right? I'm not sure. Aliens Will, from Will Mars. Smith? Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that we have been talking about that, then it comes up in Congress. Yeah, and that's gonna, cool. Yeah. You know, because if they're there, I'd like to get to know one of them. Yeah. You know what, though? I think we said it a few back, that they probably look down on us and go, Ooh, we don't want any part of these people. They're nuts. Yeah, they're running as quickly as possible. So another thing to um, to recap on are the Oath Keepers that are being prosecuted right now for storming the Capitol. January 6th. For the insurrection. So there have been requests to delay the cases for those who, especially the Oath Keepers who have been charged with seditious conspiracy because the government has released more videos and the defense lawyers are requesting more time to go through it because they haven't released all of the videos at once and they're like releasing it as they go so even though the charges 
have already been filed and they've already had some of their court dates and hearings and decisions made on whether or not to plead guilty or accept pleas and, and things like that. The government hasn't turned over all evidence. So there's another trial delay for many of those who have been charged with seditious conspiracy. And it turns out that there is video evidence and other, well, video evidence as well as those who are certifying that it happened, that Capitol Police actually requested assistance from Oath Keepers to come and free some trapped Capitol Police officers. And the Oath Keepers did, in fact, go with said, I think he was a supervisor, to the area and help the trapped officers escape out of wherever they were trapped inside the Capitol. So there be them being charged with entering the Capitol, they were asked and requested to enter and help. So it's just kind of interesting that that has come out. So is the Oath Keepers considered a militia? Some consider them a militia. Which would tell me that the FBI... Already knew about them? Knew 100% about them and their members. Well, they did, and that's why some of the people who were charged... Uh, they tried to flip them and make them FBI informants. And when they wouldn't become FBI informants, they charged them. They arrested and charged them. What a tangled web we weave. Yes, absolutely. It is quite tangled. I wanted to go, too. I guess I'm glad I stayed home. Yeah, people who didn't even go, if they were identified as someone who went, their houses got raided, and then people who just went to the rally apparently are losing their jobs. So did you know that in Michigan, as a car owner, when you hand over your keys to a dealership to do something like change your oil, the state, by law, considers that the same thing as you handing your keys over to a friend. So that anything that happens with your vehicle, even on that dealership site, is your responsibility because you allowed a person to take control Who of Who got car. that law passed? Well, it's, it's in Michigan. I'm not sure who got it passed, but a car owner is being sued for a death linked to his vehicle. And apparently what had happened is they had an unlicensed tech or assistant at the dealership hopped into the Jeep and tried to move it because it wasn't in the right spot to get the oil changed. Apparently didn't know how to drive a stick shift, popped a clutch and hit the tech and killed the a very like well-educated tech. They knew what they were doing. And now the, the person, the family of the person that died is suing the Jeep owner because the law says they can't sue his workplace. So that'd be another case of somebody not owning up to their responsibilities. Yes, because it, and who would think that if you hand over your keys to a dealership, it's like handing it over to a friend. Like, I would think that they would be a licensed location and and the laws would be on the side, you know, your side, basically. Right. So I guess back there, if you go to a bar and you get drunk and you go out in your car and you kill somebody, they'll analyze what beer you consumed. 
And then go see the and beer manufacturer. sue the beer manufacturer like they do when somebody gets shot with a gun that was sold 25 years ago by Remington or whomever. Then they go after the gun manufacturer. Right. And it's all about the money. Well, which is, so one thing I find interesting is they want to say that you should know who your gun is going to, even though laws are passed, right? The government decides the laws that are going to get passed on who has to have a background check, what their background check has to be, and private party, non-private party sales, all of that in some states make tougher laws than whatever the feds require. But there was an individual in Florida who lost their password years ago and instead of admitting to their boss that they needed their password reset so they can run these background checks, they just fudged a bunch of background checks on people, basically letting them all pass. And people who should not have had guns, who could not pass a background check, ended up passing because someone who worked for the government didn't want to ask for a password reset. So even when our laws are in place, like, why not go after that person? Why not go after the federal government? I realize we have laws in place on who can sue and who can't. But why is it a gun manufacturer's responsibility when the government decided to set the laws? I'm not saying <laughs> sue the government no, per se, but, but it's just funny that, oh, it's their their responsibility because they made a cool-looking gun. Employees, an so, easy-looking, yeah. you know, easy-to-pull-trigger Instead of making it a 47-step process to pull a trigger so that way you die when the burglar comes to get you. And that's generally what happens. So let's touch on education again. I know we've talked about it before, what education should be. We, we have, should talk about it every week. Education is very important. It is. So there is a 19-year-old who has become a Texas University's youngest ever law school graduate. Wow. So, Haley Taylor Schultz, she's only 19 years old, but she is Southern Methodist University's youngest ever law school graduate, and it's really interesting on what led her to become their youngest law school graduate. So, as a fifth grader, she struggled to get into her public school's gifted and talented program, and so because of this, her parents decided to homeschool her. And she did very well with this homeschool education. And she ended up graduating from high school at the age of 13. At 16, she graduated as the youngest graduate on record for Texas Women's University. And then she went on to law school and graduated at, is graduating at 19 with her law degree. And what I found very interesting about this, so she's actually speaking, she does public speaking and she said that she, as a young African-American woman, struggled with getting into the gifted and talented program. And she wanted to make sure that others could get into the gifted and talented program, especially for students of color. And I do believe that it is a very important issue. Congratulations to her on, on getting her law degree and pursuing this avenue to make sure others can have that opportunity as well. But what I find interesting is we are actually going the avenue of taking away gifted and talented programs because we say that not enough people of color are accepted to them. Instead of expanding opportunities, we're calling them racist and taking away the opportunities. Add to them. Don't take yes. away. And I think that everybody should have the opportunity who is eligible 
to thrive and do better and grow. And instead, we're saying only so many students can get in. We'll only have, I, you can't model more gifted and talented. If you have students who are quote unquote gifted and talented and want to do more than a basic level education, you're saying we're only going to take so many instead of saying, let's have more programs. Absolutely. They should expand the programs, so, make them larger. That's our educational system is where we are taking away from instead of adding to. And when you have somebody say, let's do the charter schools or the the ability to take your money and take it to a private school. If you want your kid to thrive at a private school, we say it takes away from the public school. But I'm sorry, our schools are failing. Our schools are absolutely failing. No, they're not failing. They have failed. We failed our kids. Yes. The educational system has failed our kids. The graduation rate is very low for high schoolers across America. And we need to do better, for sure. And instead of holding people back or bringing people down, we need to lift everybody up. Absolutely. Well, I had a blast this week. Thank you very much for inviting me over again. Thank you. Look forward to many more.